You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. It assists us in transforming our physical world, not escaping it. And and it's a transformation of our physical world into a just, safe, compassionate home for everyone. A world that's large enough to hold all of our differences, where we're simply not, those differences aren't tolerated, but they're celebrated. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery and this is episode 460. Our title this week is A World That is Safe for Everyone and our passage is a rather long section. It's from John, uh, let me see here, it's awfully long, John 4 verses 5 through 42. So John 4 verses 5 through 42, and it begins, So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews did not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was who asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well and drank from it himself and also as did also his sons and and I say and daughters and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up into eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming back here to draw water. So he told her, go and call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you said you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship in is Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship God neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Judeans. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship God in in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers God seeks. God is spirit, and God's worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Jesus then declared, I, the one who am speaking to you, 
am he. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me, th- told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it is still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows, another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap that you have what you have not worked for others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor many of the samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony he told me everything i ever did so when the samaritans came to him they urged him to stay with them and he stayed two days and because of his words many more believe many more became believers they said to the woman we no longer believe just because of what you said now we have heard for our ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world so again that's a a rather long passage to read The, the johannine community's version of the jesus story remember it begins with a with a collection of dialogues like this one between Jesus and and people and 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 li- last week we looked at at the very first one the story of Nicodemus this week we're looking at the story that that many scholars believe is included to explain why the Johannine community included Samaritan Jews when the Jews of Judea excluded them uh, and why they included women who were seen as disposable, specific women seen as disposable within patriarchal societies. The woman in this story had experienced rejection many times from the various men in her life. Her latest situation um, was filled with anxiety. There was no security there. She wasn't uh, guaranteed anything by by even a marriage certificate. So, so the Jesus of this story is directly speaking to to women like her in that society. But again, <clears throat> all of this it points back to uh, communities and dialogue. The question is, why did the Johannine community include uh, Samaritan Jews? And this is a key point, too, that's important. It's important to read this as, a, as between Samaritan Jews and Judean Jews. Anytime you see the word translated Jews here in this passage, it's much uh, more historically accurate to translate it as Judeans rather than Jewish people in general. This was Judean Jews who possibly excluded Samaritan Jews. And our reading is comprised of of three sections here. Uh, maybe you picked up on that as we read it through three kind of divisions. So Jesus's dialogue with a nameless woman is the first one. And then we have his exchange with the disciples after she departs. And then we have the many Samaritan Jews that come out to, to meet Jesus and embrace him as savior of the world. And remember that was a title that was 
used then to refer to Rome or Caesar. In each of these sections, uh, the author of the gospel strings together sayings that could have been said by the historical Jesus. The, the overarching point, though, of the story and the context here, it, 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 that, the, that even these minor details should be understood in the context, is that the, this story, again, seeks to show where the Samaritan Jewish population in the Johannine community can trace their roots uh, back to. So the one thing that we bumped into repeatedly in the Gospel of John is this tension between Samaritan Jews and Judean Jews. And there was a long history here, and at the risk of, of oversimplifying that history, it revolved around debates over what fidelity to the Torah looked like. Judean Jews, do they accuse Samaritan Jews of practicing uh, different religious traditions than them? And they attributed the, that difference to their mixed heritage and their mixed history. And having been excluded from participating in the temple in Jerusalem, the Samaritan Jews, they even had their own temple and their own version of the books of Moses. So if Galilean Jews were marginalized by Judean because of their Hellenistic practices, then Samaritan Jews were marginalized even more because of their heritage and, and their alternative religious practices. So I find it encouraging to, to picture a, a Galilean Jesus embracing Samaritan Jews instead of following the exclusionary practices that many have uh, that, that, that may have been uh, practiced by many in his society. So and including. Uh, the presently marginalized, that's a theme that we, as Jesus followers today, I think we could learn a lot from. Our society also practices pushing certain people and communities to the edges of society because of their differences. And we also bump into the Johannine pre-Gnosticism that I mentioned last week as we read the story of Nicodemus. Um, in this story, real water is contrasted with uh, mystical water of knowledge or gnosis that will give a person eternal life, um, debates over worshiping God at a physical location rather than worshiping God in spirit and truth, and the claim that God is spirit uh, in the exchange with the disciples. Spiritual food replaces physical food, concrete material harvests, and how they were exploited by Roman imperialism to, to the detriment of, of rural farming communities. Um, that's mentioned repeatedly in other gospels. It becomes a mystical spiritual harvest here. All of this would later evolve into Gnosticism, which devalued what people experienced in their physical world, including injustice and oppression and real harm, and, and encouraged Gnostics to gain knowledge that would, would remember one day liberate their spirits or their souls from being entrapped in this physical existence. And as I, I shared last week, many sectors of Christianity today have much more in common with those early Gnostic communities than they do with this uh, this life, this world focus of the Jesus of the Synoptic Gospels. Uh, and I believe that that commonality, it can be traced back to the Gospel of John as one source and, and its embrace of proto-Gnostic ideas and, and proto-Gnostic ways of looking at the world. So, so the Johannine Jesus community, the Jesus of the, the Johannine community, remember, is very different from from the synoptic Jesus we find in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And that's not necessarily bad. We simply need to make sure that we're interpreting John's Jesus 
in a way that doesn't ignore the very concrete harm that many are suffering because of unjust systems. Today, we don't need a form of Christianity that is so afterlife focused that it merely anesthetizes its adherence so that we we passively bear present injustice. Um, we don't need a Christianity that, that focuses our attention on afterlife bliss and doesn't challenge or transform or liberate folks suffering from a present, very real, unsafe, unjust, death-dealing uh, experiences and realities. So, and lastly, I'm encouraged that this story ends with contrasting Jesus with Rome. Again, Rome and Caesar were both referred to as as savior of the world, uh, early proto-Gnostic Christians believed that Jesus was a kind of a Gnostic savior. And, and again, although some of those later, less life-giving forms of Gnosticism, Gnosticism that would evolve would interpret this saving or this, this liberation as an escape from this life, I think today that we can interpret Jesus and his teachings as offering a set of values and, and ethics that puts us on a, a life-giving path. The, the path that Jesus sets us on, um, it assists us in transforming our physical world, not escaping it. And, and it's a transformation of our physical world into a just, safe, compassionate home for everyone. A world that's large enough to hold all of our differences, where we're simply not, just those differences aren't tolerated, but they're celebrated and where we not only survive but but we thrive so in this world uh, exploitation and extraction becomes replaced with reciprocity and sharing there's enough for everyone and everyone can have a home heart group application this week number one share something that spoke to you from this week's e-site or podcast episode with your heart group number two how does this story of uh, the woman at the well speak into your justice work uh, share that with your group and then number three what can you do this week big or small to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe compassionate just home for everyone thanks for checking in with us today you can find Renewed Heart Ministries on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. If you haven't done so already, please follow us on your chosen social media platforms for our daily posts. And also, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please like and subscribe to the Jesus for Everyone podcast through whatever podcast platform that you use. And consider taking some time to give us a review. This helps others uh, find our podcast as well. And also, I want to share that, that we are, again, remember, partnering in a new weekly YouTube show called Just Talk. Each week, Todd Leonard and I will be talking about the Gospel Lectionary reading for the upcoming weekend. We'll be talking about each reading in the context of love and inclusion and societal justice. And our hope is that our talking will be just in the sense of justice, but that during our brief conversation each week, We'll all that you also be inspired by something we say to, to, to also do more than just talking. If you teach from the lectionary each week, or if you're just looking for some thoughts on the Jesus story from a more progressive perspective uh, within the context of social justice, check it out. You, you might like it. Uh, you can find it at YouTube at Herb and Todd Just Talking. And remember, please like, subscribe, and hit the notification button there. Leave us a comment. And if you'd like to reach out to us here at Renewed Heart Ministries through email, you can reach us at info 
info at renewedheartministries.com. My new book, Finding Jesus, a story of a fundamentalist preacher who unexpectedly discovered the social, political, and economic teachings of the Gospels, is now available also at renewedheartministries.com. Right where you are, keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working toward justice. I love each of you dearly. I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.